Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, where music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Someone that we have to contend against, to fight the good fight of faith. And um, so we're going to look into who is he, uh, some of his names, his character, and why it's important that we understand about Satan. Some of you might go, I'm not sure I want to know too much about that. But it's, it's, it's there for a reason. And if it's in the Bible, it's for our instruction and for our warning. You get, y'all getting that? And it's best to be warned, I'll tell you, of this character. It's best to understand what his role is and, and understand what our role is against him. And so I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to start with the, the reading of God's Word. So, Father God, we thank you that you are a loving Father. And, Lord, you've redeemed us through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We just thank you for the gospel, the good news, and we thank you that it is good news. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are holy, and, Lord, you will do away with the wicked, and Satan being one of the the lead figures, if not the lead figure of wickedness and rebellion. Lord, and we thank you that you are just and righteous in all your ways. And Lord, we just ask that you would illuminate us, give us wisdom and revelation to understand this topic this morning, and that, Lord, you just cover us, that there be angels everywhere. We just thank you that you go before us, you're our rear guard, and we just plead the blood of Jesus as we, as we bring this forth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, let's start with uh, standing of, stand up for uh, the reading of God's Word, and we'll start from Revelation, which is chapter 12, verse 7, and this just kind of drops in just a paragraph, a synopsis of, you, you, you'll understand some of who Satan is, some of his names here, but also you'll see part of the story that's unfolding, that we're all part of this. Okay, and it says, starting at verse 7, it says, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent, serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with them. Please be seated. So it sounds like an epic movie almost. You're just dropped in on something like what? Forces of good and evil colliding. Angel, the, the warrior, arch, Michael, the warrior, archangel, and his angels fighting against the dragon and his angels and this great collision. And so we see all this, and we might say, think, well, what's that got to do with me? You know, it's just, so we're going to break this down and, and take a look at um, God's purpose in all this. Because Satan is, is created, just like you and I. And uh, he's a creature. He's, he came from the Lord. His name was not Satan in the beginning, and he didn't have that intention or character in the beginning. But... One thing you'll see about God is he's intent on having volunteer lovers and worshipers 
He doesn't just program us like a computer uh, that we just have to serve him and worship him. He gives free will. He gives free reign. We can choose which way we want to go. And he, did the, he not only did that for, for us, for humanity, but he did that also for the angels. Now, the angels are created beings as well, and that's actually what uh, Satan is. He's an angel, uh, a cherubim, it goes on to say, and he was one of the most spectacular angels, one of the most beautiful and wise and gifted. And we see that this particular angel, uh, he starts to go bad. He starts off good. He's, many people believe he was the worship leader of heaven. Careful worship leaders. <laughs> He's the one that it went to his head, if you will. And so we, we begin to look into this. And, um, but even before we go d- deeper into who, who Satan is and his character and what his role and purpose is and, and why God would even allow him to, to do such damage, to, to still rummage around this, this earth and, and seek who he can steal from, who he can destroy, who he can kill. And that's his, it's his work. Jesus said that explicitly. That's what he, that's what he does. That's what he's looking for, who he can devour. And, but before we go there, I want to start with, when you look at this world, if you just look at, okay, here we are, we're all created in the image of God, we're human beings, and start off as a little baby, and things are usually pretty good if, you've, if you're in a loving family, and, and yet somewhere down the line, you start to, to realize that, whoa, there's, there's some pain, and there's some sorrow, and there's some stress in this life, and Eventually you start to realize, even as children, you start to realize there's, there's literally evil. There's like wickedness and evil and evil intent. And, and uh, I remember one of the first times I remembered, or I, I began to understand evil, even as a little ch- child, was I think I was in kindergarten, and there was a, a kid who somehow uh, was really aggressive, and, and I don't think I had ever seen a, a kid with this nature, this... Uh, uh, he was, uh, I'd say he was, he was evil. He was just like, there was something wrong with this boy. But anyways, it was recess, and um, he starts to mess around with me, and somehow it starts to break into a fight. And I'm not really a fighter by nature at all, so I'm just like, what is happening? This guy's actually fighting me. And uh, you guys might laugh when I tell you this part. But he, he grabbed my hair. You might think, wow, he won. <laughs> he certainly won that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he grabbed my hair, and I, so I'm like, oh, like feeling pain. He's like yanking me around. So I grab his hair, and we're both standing there like this, and I'm thinking, this is insane. Like, this guy's like, and then I, I say, okay, well, let's have a truce. You know, let's, on the count of three, let's both let go, okay? I'm orchestrating this part. Count of three, let's both let go, okay? And uh, so I go, one, two, three, I let go. And he just yanks me around. Thus, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, but I remember thinking, I have never met someone so cruel and deceitful. And, and I remember going home that day, you know, distraught, upset, but also going, man, there is evil. There's like straight up evil in this world. And then if you look at this, this world, this broken world, and you begin to look around, and you turn on the news, Lord help you if you turn on the news these days, and there's just such brokenness and, 
And it's truly a fallen world. And we see the violence. We see abuse. We see deception. We see misuse. We see chaos. We see lust, greed, selfishness, betrayal. We see evidence of evil everywhere. And it's increasing. And it says it'll get, that evil men will go from worse to worse at the end of the age. So don't expect it to get better when it comes to evil. But we can't expect the church to get more and more brilliant and more and more righteous. So those who are of the Lord uh, will mature into, into uh, a righteousness that has not been seen before on the earth. I really believe that. And so, but when we look and we see um, the working of, of evil in the earth, it's distressing. And you can look around and go, man, where is this coming from? Like, how, did, how is this allowed to go on? And, and we know that God's going to bring justice, and he's going he's to deal with the wicked, and he's going to deal with sin in his timing, in his way. And, and, and I want to let you know already on the front end, any, any of you who are um, fearful and kind of like trepidation right now, going, oh, my God, I'm not sure about this topic or this character, that he's a defeated foe got good news for you. He's already a defeated foe. But for, there's for a reason that God allows him to still kind of do guerrilla warfare and run around and do things in this earth, even though his, his uh, future is, is secured and, and uh, we know where he ends up and how God will deal with him and has dealt with him. Um, so looking at this, um, where did it all come from? You might say, where, like, where did, where did all this evil come from? Well, I, want to, I want to say something to you that's, that is, can be a little shocking on first thought. It came from heaven. It all began in heaven. You're like, no, no, not heaven. It couldn't be. But Satan, Lucifer, if you will, that's his, we'll talk about some of his names, was in heaven. And he was on the, on the good guy's side. He was, he was serving the Lord. He was worship leader of heaven, the anointed cherubim. And, and somehow he began to shift, and we'll talk more in detail through some scriptures on that. But the origin of this evil that we deal with through, through the devil and his angels actually started in heaven. There was a mutiny in heaven, and there was a rebellion. There, there was a war, as we read about, in heaven against the dragon and, and Michael, the general of the Lord. Of, the armies of the Lord. And so after he was defeated, he was cast out, praise be to God, but there was one bad news about it. He landed on earth. And guess where you are? On earth. <laughs> right here. That's where he is. That's his domain. And so here we are dealing with this force of wickedness. And so we're going to talk about who or what is Satan. Anyone interested? You might say, well, why do we got to do this? You know, why do we got to dissect the darkness? Well, we're not really doing that. We're just actually going to look at Scripture because there's actually uh, plenty of Scripture that, that uh, points to the fact that God wants us to know our foe, okay? Some people say you can't cast it out unless you know its name, you know? And you need to know if you can't name it, if you don't see the evil and call it for what it is, it's just some vague force. And I want to tell you right up front, it's, it's not like Star Wars, Okay? It's not just the force. It's not some abstract force of light and darkness. There, evil, according to the Bible, is personified. It's a person. And it comes through personalities. 
humans can be consumed with evil and wickedness. Okay, it's perpetuated through, through the devil and through his angels, through the demonic realm, and through those who are under its control, their control. So it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, 2 Corinthians 2, 11, it says, um, that, that Paul writes, he says he doesn't want um, Satan to outwit us for we are not aware of his schemes. He wants us aware. We're not unaware of his schemes. And so, in other words, he wants you to be knowledgeable. He wants you to understand the schemes of the evil that comes against us through this personality. Um, he doesn't, other translations of the same passage says Satan, uh, so that Satan will not outsmart us or take advantage of us Who's ever felt like you were outsmarted by the devil or taken advantage of, not being aware of his ways, of his evil schemes? Um, and he doesn't want us ignorant of his wiles or his intentions. These are all different translations of it, of the same passage. It says, uh, he doesn't want Satan getting the better of us all. This is from contemporary English version. Doesn't want Satan getting the better of us. We all know what is going through his mind. We need to know what's going through his mind. We need to know his intent. And, and then it goes on to say that in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so in light of this evil that prowls and looks for prey, looks for victims, we're to be self-controlled, we're to be alert, we're to be aware, we're to be awake, because we know he's prowling, he's looking for someone to devour. Have you ever seen someone devoured by the enemy? Have you ever seen someone taken out? A friend, a family member? Maybe you were in the, in the jaws of, <laughs> of that old ugly lion, you know? And, uh, and so this is the way he works. He prays. He pounces at the right time, okay? Now, one of the things <clears throat> I want you to understand about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is that he's in direct conflict with this old devil, okay? And it actually says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, um, the one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning, and the Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. How many people celebrate that? The whole purpose of Jesus coming is, of course, to seek and save the lost, to find his children, his bride, extract the bride from this cruel world. He's going to bring out something beautiful and redeem it all and restore all things. However, his other purpose, the reason he appeared, is to destroy the works of the devil. Woo! Come on, someone. And so if you're all about Jesus, if you're on his side working on his team, then you have the same mission statement that we are to literally destroy the works of the devil and set captives free, preach the good news to the poor, all that good stuff, release from darkness prisoners. So it's not just Jesus. Jesus did his finished work on the cross, but now we are enforcers of the cross of Jesus Christ, of that victory. Amen? <clears throat> all right. <laughs> We're going there. So let's talk some about the names. 
the, the names of the devil, okay? Because all through the Bible, you can see names represent character. And you can look into the meaning of a name, and you can see the Hebrew meaning. And uh, um, so the, the, Satan is also called the devil, and the Greek word is diabolos, diabolos. And uh, it means, watch this, it means to split. It means a divider, Okay? His very intent, if you look at the way the devil works, wherever you see the work of the devil, you see fractured families, and you see fractured relationships. You see church splits. You see a nation start to disintegrate and turn against themselves. That's the work of the devil. And you can see him working overtime in, in, in humanity and in the times we're in. You can see the, the devil. It's not hard to look around and go, whoa, he's, he's working on America right now. He's working globally. You look at the kind of division that came through through the whole COVID crisis, and you look at these fractures and these splits, and, and from the very beginning, he came to divide Adam and Eve from God. He was jealous of that relationship. He used to be the worshiper. He used to be the one so close, and he, he lost his place, and uh, so he wants to divide humanity from God. That's, that's what he, I think he loves the most, and... Um, and so he's a divider. Next thing we're going to talk about, um, the actual name Hebrew, which is a, sorry, the actual name Satan, which is a Hebrew word. Uh, it's a title. It's not actually his name. It's a title. And uh, it, it actually, in Hebrew, it says the Satan. It's not Satan, the name, like we call him. A name. It's the Satan, which means the adversary or one who opposes He's the adversary. He's the enemy. He's the one who opposes God and everything that God's doing and God's people. You all getting that? And so that's what he does. He comes, he comes as an accuser. We see that he's the devil also can be an accuser or slander. He accuses the saints day and night. So a lot of times, you know, the image of the, of, of the devil that we get through modern renderings of media and different stories and things, we see this little red guy with the pitchfork, the whole thing, you know, the horns and all that stuff. And I don't think that's really that accurate. Um, it comes from Dante's Inferno and different things that, um, that came throughout literature and, and humani humanity um, years ago. And so we get these, these pictures of the devil. But if we really look at it, there, he's a lot different than a lot of the way he's depicted. And so... Um, but as I mentioned before, he is a personification of evil. And when it says, deliver us from evil in the Lord's Prayer, it's deliver us, not just evil, it's actually, in the Hebrew, it's deliver us from the evil one. Actual, so so we, we like to say, well, it's just we think maybe it's just this force of evil that, that's out there. No, there's an evil one again. There's a person pushing this thing, pushing this agenda this wickedness in the earth. So deliver us from the evil one. And so we see he comes as a snake in the garden. We see him in Revelation, as we read earlier, as a dragon. We see also as, as a man, just a man. And people are like, are you kidding me? This is the man? This is the guy? At the end, when he's defeated, when he's been ready to thrown into the lake of fire, here's the one who deceived the nations. This is it? And so I believe his greatest weapon is deception. Okay? And um, 
He's wicked. He's cunning. This is his personality. Jesus said this. Uh, John eight forty four says, speaking to the Pharisees and the leaders of the law, says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks, he lies. He speaks his own nature, for he is a liar, and he is a father of lies. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. His, his native tongue is lies. Yeah, he, he'll weave some truth in there. He knows Scripture better than we do. He's, he knows humanity. He's studied us for thousands of years. He knows the way we work under temptation, under pressure, different things. You know, angels are superior intelligence, superior strength than humans. I feel like I was asking the Lord, kind of just thinking this thing through of why he gave free will uh, to angels and to humans, and why the Lord seemed to be, we don't know all the ins and outs of the story, but seemed to be pretty hard on the angels, like, oh, you guys are out of here, you're done. I'm not even sending a Savior for y'all, you're done. You and a third of the fallen angels, Satan and... And, and I believe because they were in glory, they saw the glory and the beauty of God, and they had superior intelligence. <laughs> we only use 10% of our brain, right? And it's like, and, and for whatever reason, the Lord, when they chose rebellion and wickedness in that state, in that heavenly realm, the Lord said, you're done. But for, for some reason, in God's mercy, rich in mercy, he came for us. He sent Jesus, a Savior, to redeem us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that should make you go, wow. I mean, he can, in his sovereignty, he answers to no one. He can just say, this race is done. I'm not giving you a second chance. These guys, I'm sending my son for. What? But in this case, we see the devil, and he says, your father, he's speaking to humans. He says, your father is the devil. Isn't that a little scary? To think of, I mean, we only have two fathers. You're either up under the heavenly father, the everlasting father, or we're up under the fa our father, the devil. Two categories of humanity. And those who are in between, trying to choose you this day who you will serve. You're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil. It might be the, the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. That's Bob Dylan. So he only speaks lies. I think he's tremendous at speaking flattery. He'll flower you up, puff you up, and then boom, he'll pull out the dagger. But he'll, he doesn't, he's smart. He doesn't just come out with a blatant lie. He, he starts to talk to Eve. He goes, don't you think uh, God might be holding back on you? Back to the original intent that he fell for, he's like, you know, you could be gods yourself. You could take matters into your own hands. And so he's sly. He's cunning. It says that the snake was the most cunning of all the creatures. Should we keep going? Y'all okay? Y'all breathing out there? Everybody take a deep breath. Oxygen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, let's keep going. Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 3. It says, and even... If our gospel is veiled, for it is veiled for those who are perishing. So basically there's a veil. Those who are perishing, they don't get it. They don't see it. It says the God, now this is God of the age, a small g God, speaking of the devil or Satan himself, 
The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So literally, he comes and he puts people in a stupor or in a blindness where they cannot see the gospel. You ever talk to someone and they're just as blind as can be? You're just like, what is it going to take for their eyes to open? And praise be to God that our eyes have opened. We've seen the glory. We've seen the goodness of God. We've seen who Jesus is, you know? But there's people you're fighting for, literally for the claws of the devil to come off their skull, off their mind, and you're prying literally deception and lies off, strongholds off people that that are fortified in people's heads. Like, I I don't believe in God, or I don't think he's good, or, you know, just these things that keep people from seeing who God really is, who Jesus is. And so we see in Genesis chapter 3, he comes as a creature. I don't know all the reasons why he chose a snake, but you can kind of look at one and go, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it looks pretty nasty, kind of slimy and anyways. So you look, uh, some people might love snakes here, but he, uh, the, the devil loves snakes. <laughs> he just said, I love snakes. <laughs> Sorry. All right. And, no, uh, let's not be hard on snakes. Um, but we're, we're talking about the devil here, okay? So he came, and, and he, uh, he causes, through temptation, he gets Eve to partake of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and then Adam follows suit. And then he causes a human rebellion, just like he caused in heaven. So now the rebellion has come to earth, okay? Now we see some of his titles. I touched on some of them already. It says, the God... Small g, the God of this world. That's a, that's a lot of influence if you think about it. So the Bible describes him as the God of this world or the ruler of this world. Now talking about the systems of this world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the, the pride of life, boasting of what we have, what we do, the things that can be so easily corrupted, money and the love of money. He inhabits all of these things and, and false ideologies and philosophies and, and, and uh, religions. And so he comes and he, he weaves his lies around us, wraps, wraps us up in all these systems that are all around us. He's the God of this world. He's a ruler of this world. However, God is still sovereign. You might, be, might go, whoa, where's God in all this? I mean, that's like too much authority for the bad guy. Well, God is sovereign, and he's allowed Satan to operate in this world within certain boundaries and parameters that he must operate within. Does that make a sense to you? Remember, Satan, when he had some ideas like, man, Job, man, the only reason he's serving you is because you bless him so good. I mean, if you, you take away all those blessings, I mean, he's going to curse you. And God's like, okay, have at it. Let's, let's test my boy here. You know, actually, God actually initiated it. Have you considered my servant Job? You know, it's like, What? <laughs> So he can be a tester of the saints, not just a tempter, but a tester. Who's ever been tested by the devil and lived to tell about it? If you're still here, you, you made it through. <laughs> Praise be to God. And so, um, you know, and then he comes back again after he takes everything away from him. He says, just touch his flesh. He'll curse you. If you touch his human body, and God's like, okay, you can touch his flesh. I'll put him in your hands, but you can't take his life. How many people are thankful that God is the author of life? Okay? So God is sovereign. And he gives 
the devil parameters to work, operate within. And he won't give you more than you can handle. Come on, someone. He makes a way out for the saints when the temptation comes. And so we see also, I'm just hitting a bunch of scripture here. Hopefully this is making sense. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. He's, he's called the prince of the power of the air. Now, if you know, there's three heavens that we know of at least. And um, you got the third heaven, which we believe is the, the celestial kingdom where God's throne and that whole realm. And then you got the second heaven, and we got the first heaven, which is earth, where the, the realm we dwell in. Second heaven, uh, many people believe that's where the war goes on, the, the, the contending between good and evil and angels and demons and powers and principalities and these things. And so we see that he's the prince of the power of the air. So there's a realm that he dwells in in the air. And you think of the airwaves. You think of the media. You think of uh, the power of music and song. And if we could see in the spirit realm right now, not the spirit realm, the scientific realm or whatever, the element realm, there, there's radio airwaves. There's Wi-Fi. There's things. There's Sadly, there's G5 and G6 coming too. But, but all these things are everywhere. They're all around sending messages invisible to our na naked eye, but it's there, and it's saying here that he's the power of the prince of the air. How many people have understood that he loves to use music? He was a musician. He's got uh, instruments embedded in his very being. Ezekiel describes that. And so he uses the media, and I, I remember Bob Jones saying that the media is the false prophet at the end of the age. Have you ever noticed that? You notice the media have been lying a little bit up in here? If the, if the media is pushing one narrative, you can pretty much know, uh-uh, that's not it. That's not what's happening. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's look. Let's have some discernment. So don't be gullible anymore. I think a lot of the evil that we've seen that's been so exposed in the last two or three years is for a reason. A lot of people are literally waking up and seeing, wow, there is an evil realm, and it has infiltrated governments. It's infiltrated uh, uh, politics. It's infiltrated business systems, medical system, big pharma, big tech. You can see the censorship. You can see the control. You can see the manipulation. It's there for the seeing. Eyes are opening. But we need to ask the Lord, Lord, don't let me be gullible. Don't let me be deceived at the end of the age. Watch out, for many will come to deceive you. What do you do when you find out that all the experts were a bunch of perverts? That's a lot of what's happening. I'm not saying everything, but I'm just saying we need to have our eyes open. It's a rude awakening for many. They're like, what? The systems, the world that I trusted in and everything is like, it's all shaking. Yeah, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so these things are happening. And I'm telling you, there's a, there's a personality behind it all. And we can see at the end of the age, he will have an antichrist system. He'll have a, a, a man who will personify um, the exact opposite of Jesus, the antichrist. And there's a system that will be uh, apparatus that's being built all around us right now. Don't be, don't be fearful of it, but be aware. Total control. He wants nothing less than total control. And there's one big thing he's after, even more than total control. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Y'all okay? Y'all still breathing? So, we know that he took a third of the angels with him when he fell. 
from heaven and the war in heaven, the mutiny of heaven. So if you ever get a little worried about, you know, are we going to we going to win this? Well, first of all, Jesus already won it. Secondly, we got two angels, good guys against for every 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 one bad angel. So that's good too. We got tons of good, good news coming at you this morning. Don't worry. But we got to be aware of the the devil's schemes, okay? So his heavenly role, I already touched on this. He was Satan was a cre- created as a holy angel. He started off holy as God is holy. And he's he was a, a cherub. And, and and a lot of people think of cherubs, you know, it's funny how things get kind of twisted over time. Like we think of a cherub as this little chubby baby with wings, right? <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that's not that's not what a cherub is. A cherub are the ones that are on on the ark, ark of the covenant, and you see these these creatures. They look like creatures with wings, like a lion with wings or an eagle with wings. I mean, just they're pictures of all of creation worshiping the Lord. They're these mighty creatures, and I believe the cherubs were stationed at the Garden of Eden after men fell with fiery swords. I mean, they're they're fearsome, awesome creatures, and he was one of them, and he was one of the archangels that we know of with Gabriel the messenger and Michael the warrior, and Lucifer the worshiper, the cherub that covered the throne of God with worship. And it says, let's take a look at his character a little bit here, or his, um, his role in heaven. In Ezekiel 28, man, I'm not going to run out of time here. We might have to do a part two. Uh, let's see, Ezekiel 28, verse 12, we'll start there. It says, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre, and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And as king of Tyre was an actual human on earth. However, many people believe that this is a coinciding, a parallel with literally the fall of Lucifer and who he was. So let's read out and let's see what it says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby and topaz and emerald and Jasper and sapphire and all these things. I'm going to move on. It says you were the anointed, uh, verse 14, you were the anointed guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God, and you walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created till wickedness had, was found in you. So he's blameless. He was holy. He was doing his job. He was a blessing to the Lord himself and to the heavenly realm until the day that wickedness was found in you. We're going to talk about what is this wickedness. It goes on to say, uh, widespread trade, and you were filled with violence, and you sinned. And so it says, your heart, verse 17, became proud on account of your beauty. Watch out for beauty, y'all. Your heart became proud on account of beauty. It's like, well, beauty's beautiful. That can't be, I mean, what's the big deal? It says his beauty tripped him up. He was just all that and then some, and it went to his head. You were corrupted, your, your wisdom, because of your wisdom, your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and made a spect- spectacle of you before the kings. Wow. Y'all seeing this? And so let's... 
let's talk about his motives. Now, I, want, I want to just suggest to you, I think his bottom line motive is just cut to the chase. What is he after? Well, he wants to be God, okay? And he wants to be worshiped. He touched the glory. He got too close. He's like, hey, wait a sec. What about me? I want some of that. And he started to say, I want to be like God. And we can look at, uh, let's go to Isaiah 14, verse 12. Isaiah 14, 12. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once made the, the, laid the low the nations. You said in your heart, watch this. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will, y'all seen a lot of I wills then? Ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. And so... We got to be careful of the I wills in our life. We say, I will, I will. A selfish ambition got in his heart. And he began to say, I will become like God. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, above all the other angels. I'll be enthroned on the mountain. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Here's a created being, glorious and splendorous, full of wisdom. But he's saying, I'm going to make myself like God. And it's the same sin we fall into and we begin to hijack our own life and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Remember, James says, no. You say, when you make even your plans for your daily calendar schedule, he says, he says, instead say, Lord willing, I'll be there. I'll meet you there for coffee on Thursday. You know, Lord willing and the creek don't rise as they say in the South, right? So there's a humility that's that's essential for our relationship with God. And he began to lose this, and he be began to get consumed. And I, I want to um, consume with selfish ambition. What I want to do, I'm going to just, let's go to that, that uh, last page I sent you. Or, or I don't know if you made it separate pages or not. But I think I'm going to do a part two because I just have too much. But I, I want to show you a few, just some things that, that kind of like spell out his story in 10 points. So let's take a look at this. These are Bible facts that we know about Satan. Bible facts that we know about Satan. Okay, so first of all, he was a beautiful, created angel named Lucifer. Creative? Did I say that? Created. Oh, it's supposed to be created. He was a created angel. That's all right. Um, and... He wanted to be God. He, he wanted to be worshipped. We know that. He rebelled against God. We've talked about all these things, but just to summarize. He persuaded one-third of the angels to join him. Number five, he was cast out of heaven to this earth. He now focuses attention on the people of this earth. He causes the pain, the suffering, the death in this world. He's a real enemy, and we cannot defeat him on our own. 
Anyone figure that out yet? <laughs> Jesus has defeated the devil and gives us armor to protect us. Come on, someone celebrate that armor, right? Good soldiers of Christ Jesus. And, and, and the last point that we really all should celebrate, Jesus is coming soon to destroy Satan and create a new world. And so we don't have to fear him, but we have to be aware of him. And I just want to say this, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring a second part to this because there's just too much to tackle for today. But, um, you know, David... You might say, well, why is this evil left in the earth? Why are we left here to wrestle with powers and principalities? What's the point, you know? Because Jesus, you know, I remember Rick Joyner always used to say this. He used to say, you know, if God didn't want you here, you know, he's kind of, kind of a crude way of saying it. He said, you get saved, and then he'd hand you a gun, and you just go, go to heaven, go straight to heaven. You're out of here. Why be here? But God intentionally leaves us here. Because he wants us to learn to wrestle. He wants us to learn to fight the good fight of faith. We gain authority. Our character is transformed. We're not just instantly taken, raptured to heaven as soon as we're saved. We're here for on a mission. And David had to kill the giant to get to his destiny. Come on, someone. David had to kill that ugly old giant, that mocking giant, that most people were totally afraid of. The armies of Israel were paralyzed with fear when they would hear this giant thundering, mocking their God. But David had something in him. He said, no, I'm made for this. I'm made for this battle. I don't even need Saul's armor. I don't need to fight it the way the world fights it. And so your giant is a key to your destiny. The giant that stands in your way intimidates. It's actually where you're going to get your promotion Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got promoted in the fire. And there was great contention. There was a clash of goodness and evil in that story. So don't be afraid of it. You just hold fast to the Lord and watch how God will turn the whole thing. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar is going, everyone must celebrate this God of Israel. And the whole nation got a victory because some people would not bow to the God of this world, the God of this age. So we, we, we need to celebrate even the fight that we're in. The joy of victory. It's assured us the joy of victory. The thrill of conquest. <laughs> the privilege of battle. The privilege of battle. Some, some of you have faint of heart. You go, I don't know about all this. It's like, no, you just, you just let the spirit of Jesus rise up in you. <laughs> that spirit of might. I, I said to the team as they were going to Broadway, Friday night, is there a fireplace or heading out? And I said, you know, some of you might be sitting here going, but I'm shy, you know? And I, and I felt like the Lord said, shy is a lie when you got a lion inside. You got the lion of Judah. Woo, come on, someone. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just begin to pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the victory in Jesus. We thank you, Lord. That the devil is a defeated foe because of the cross. It was finished. But Lord, you've allowed us to fight this battle, to contend for our brothers and sisters, to contend that many would know Christ and many children would come, that the table of the master would be filled with all the souls 
that have been rescued, that have been snatched from the fire because of your saints, your children that would not give up, Lord, who did not shrink back and were destroyed, but those who pressed in and received everything you promised, received the victory that you've secured for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we see that the times have changed, Lord. We can see evil being exposed that once was hidden. And let us not be fearful of it, Lord. Let us rise to the occasion, Lord. Let righteousness come forth boldly, just as we see wickedness coming forth boldly. Let righteousness rise and shine for such a time. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord appears upon you for such a time as this. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Lord, give us a spirit of humility that we wouldn't fall into the same traps of this old devil. Let us have profound humility and purity of heart, God. We plead the blood of Jesus. Wash over us, Lord. Even now, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I, I stand against this, this divider spirit to split, to divide and conquer, especially the church or, or families, that which is sacred to you, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that we'd have such a spirit of unity and a bond of peace that that divider could not get in, could not steal and kill and destroy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you that we can call you Father, that our Father is not the devil. That through Christ Jesus, we've been reconciled, brought near to you, brought close. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like this, there's literally a, a, a ministry that the Lord wants to release that where there's a fear of the devil, where there's a fear of the darkness, where there's nightmares, where there, maybe some of you guys watch horror movies and it's embedded in you, and God wants to extract all that wickedness, that darkness. I literally see like a, a darkness, an exhaling darkness, like just that nasty stuff that's of the world, that's of the devil, that's, that's somehow embedded in you through your eye gates or ear gates or anything that has come in that intimidates you. And I just feel like the Lord says that, that this is a morning. This is a good morning to get free. <laughs> Today is a day of salvation because God doesn't want you to even flinch at the works of the devil because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and you're on the same conquests of the Lord to set captives free. Woo, come on, someone. And so I just want to pray a prayer. If that's you, if you, if you, if you know uh, there's things that need to be extracted from you, that you'll be clear-minded, your conscience will be pure, that you'll be secure in the presence of the Lord, of anything of darkness of this world that's seeped in. It could even be just the love of money, which is the root of all evil. Watch out for that one. The root of all evil doesn't sound too good, does it? But any of these things, let's just, if you, just as the Holy Spirit would speak to you, just stand and we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. We're going to turn from our wicked ways. We're going to turn from how we've allowed the darkness in, how we've entertained lust or greed, self-indulgence. We're 
where we've been used to, to lie, to have a forked tongue ourselves, to, to bring f- flattery and deception upon others for our own selfishness. Lord, we, we come to you now, Lord, and we ask you for repentance. We, we come before you with repentance, Lord, a spirit of repentance. And Lord, would you cleanse us this morning? Would you wash us? We thank you for deliverance. Deliverance is from the Lord. Deliverance is from the Lord. As we look to you, Lord, you pull us from the pit. Lord, wherever our minds have been blinded, the, our minds that have been blinded by the God of this age, Lord, where, where we've been distorted, where we can't think straight. I literally believe God's reworking people's brains here right now. Literally a reworking of the brains and thoughts and memories defragmentation happening right here by the power of the Spirit. For God is sovereign. God is good. We can trust Him. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Just want to empower you with a weapon. It's the Word. The Word of God is our weapon. He is the Word. So when we have a teaching like this about the enemy, we have to know what we're equipped with. And I'm just going to have you um, remember Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And I'm just going to read the word. This is on the armor. We all, when we are believers, when we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He is Lord. And that means you've been equipped with all authority over the enemy. Um, another verse that I just want to remind you of is James 4, 7. And it says, Submit yourself to God, resist Satan, and he will flee. Okay? The key here of what I just said is submit. Submit means come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. When we come under the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have all authority to resist the enemy, the adversary, the divider, the conqueror of this world. He is, he he can't conquer because we come under his lordship. So I'm going to read to you Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Sometime this week, I want you to just read through this again. Every day I say as believers, let's put on our armor. Let's just start this week um, putting on our armor every day. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted in readiness 
that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this mind. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So let's put on the armor and remember, what is your offensive weapon? It's the Word. That's what Jesus used when the adversary, the Satan, came to tempt him. He used the word. And so use the word. Get in the word. Let the word get into you. Put on your full armor. Um, and I think next week we'll, we'll give you more uh, weapons to use to disarm the enemy. But this is where you want to start. In the word and, and putting on that, um, uh, that armor. So I just had a vision of you guys, all of us really, because that armor is our inheritance. It's actually the character of Christ, the virtues of Christ, the righteousness, the peace, the, uh, the truth, all these things. And so but as we sing this, I feel like we're just supposed to sing this, Jesus, we're going to turn our attention back to Jesus, how I love you. And as we sing this, I just saw all of us putting our, our hands up like this. Just in a place of surrender and worship. And as we did, I saw like literally suits of armor, like, like Iron Man, how he just got kind of somehow that suit just appears like, you know. And I, I really believe that God wants to, to, to give us that full armor here right now as we adore him, as we worship him. Amen? Amen. So let's do it. Jesus. Equip the saints, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. 